Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible and your prayer requests. We have pastors every weekday from 4 to 5 p.m. Mountain Time standing by to answer your phone calls to answer the questions you have about the Bible and how the Bible speaks to, to today's issues. And we have them standing uh, by every weekday to pray for your prayer requests. And so I have the honor and privilege of being your host here every Friday. And it's just a, a joy to pray with you on the show, to get to hear your voices and to answer your questions. And so I'd love to hear from you today. Again, the number to call is 303-690-3000. I recommend take that number, write it down whenever you get the chance, put it, save it in your phone, and then you'll have it so that in the future, maybe if you're in your car as you're out and about, you'll be able to uh, give that number a call easily and quickly. So the number to call, 303-690-3000. Give us a call with your questions about the Bible Maybe there's something you've been reading and you're not sure how to make sense of it or how to interpret it correctly. Maybe you have been going through something personally in your life and you're wondering what the Bible has to say about it. Or maybe there's something going on in society in the world at large and you're wondering, what does the Bible speak about this situation? So give us a call with those kinds of questions at 303-690-3000 or give us a call with your prayer request. Maybe it's not so much something going on in your life that you need to uh, have an answer about it as it is something that you need prayer for. So we'd love to hear from you and we'd love to pray for you. Just remember, there's a lot of people tuning in right now. And as we can agree together, as we pray, uh, it's a powerful thing. God hears our prayers. So again, give us a call 303-690-3000, or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, the text line is 720-336-0897. I want to welcome those of you who are listening in Colorado and Wyoming on Grace FM, as well as on gracefm.com and the Grace FM app. You're hearing the show live today, as well as those who are listening on the Radio by Grace network of stations, which has stations all over the United States, particularly in the southern states. So welcome to all of you who are listening on the Radio by Grace network and on Grace FM and our internet uh, apps and a website. Welcome to all of you. If you haven't yet got the Grace FM app, I really encourage you to do that. That's really helpful to have on your devices because uh, you can listen to the show anywhere in the world where you have an internet connection. And we know so many people do that. In fact, that's how I listen to Grace FM when I'm uh, not in my car, which nowadays the only place I have a radio is in my car. Everywhere else I listen on the app. And so it's a free app. We'd love for you to go and download that, share about it with other people so that they can get it and the news can spread. And as more and more people tune in, we know that means more and more people hearing the word of God 
And we know that God's word is powerful. It is effective. It cuts to the heart of the issue and it cuts to the heart of us. And so we want to let God's word have its full effect in our lives by hearing it, taking it in, storing it in our hearts as we go about our lives. And so I encourage you to get the word out about this show and about whatever station you're listening on. Get the word out there about your local stations that more and more people can be hearing the word of God and be being transformed by it. Hey, we also want to welcome our other listening stations. We've got listeners on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland, as well as those listening on Truth FM in Tennessee. And we've got Radio our higher rock radio in Idaho. And so we're glad to have you listening in just a heads up that those on hope FM, truth FM and higher rock radio, you hear the show on a one week delay, whereas those on grace FM and radio by grace network, you hear us live. And so we just want you to be aware of that so that those of you on those stations um, can know that you're hearing on a one week delay, but we never want it to be something that would deter you from participating in the show and calling in. In fact, we would encourage you to think of it as a unique opportunity to get to tell people with one week's notice, hey, I'm going to be on this station at this time on this day. You should tune in. And we know that that's a way that God can use that in their life. And maybe it'll become a preset in their car radio. Maybe it'll become something that they start listening to more and more often. And not just this show, but the other Bible teaching that's going to air on their local station. So welcome wherever you're tuning in from. My name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. We are a Calvary Chapel affiliated church, part of the Calvary Chapel family of churches. And I've been pastoring here for 10 years now. Uh, prior to that, I was a missionary in Hungary for 10 years. And so 10 years in both places, pastoring and um yeah, I grew up in Colorado and then uh, went away to Hungary, was a missionary and church planter and a pastor over there for 10 years. And now I'm back here in Colorado pastoring here in Longmont. And if you are anywhere near the Longmont area within driving distance, I personally invite you to come and join us this Sunday for Worship and the Word. We have three services every Sunday, 8 a.m., 9.30 and 11 a.m. And currently we're studying through the Gospel of John, but the way we're studying through it is we're looking at the signs, the miracles that John points out to us in the Gospel of John and how these uh, John uniquely calls the miracles that Jesus does. He doesn't call them miracles. He calls them signs. And what that means is that John is telling us that Jesus' miracles weren't just cool things that Jesus could do that other people couldn't. Jesus' miracles had a purpose. They were signs of something else. And what they were signs of is who Jesus is and what he came to do, as well as what he offers you and how to get it. And so as we've been working our way through the signs, we've identified seven of them. I actually think there are nine, to be honest. Some people talk about the seven signs in John. I get why they do that. But I think if you actually list them all out, they come out to nine. Either way, we're looking, we are, we did, uh, pick out seven of them to look at in the series. And this weekend, we'll be looking at sign number six out of the seven, which is in John chapter nine, Jesus healed a blind man at the pool 
of Siloam. This is a very important passage in the Bible. It, it deals with issues regarding the law of Moses. It deals with issues regarding blindness, which we know in the Bible is a metaphor for a person who hears the gospel, but yet doesn't see it, doesn't get it. And so how can we as people not just see the truth, but actually get it? How can it become something true sight, right? And so we're going to be talking about that this Sunday. It's going to be really good. You're not going to want to miss it. Um, you can join us in person. Our address is 2950 Colorful Avenue in Longmont, Colorado. You can find that address on our website or just by Googling Whitefields Community Church. Remember that Whitefields is two different words, so two separate words. And uh, you can go to our website, whitefieldschurch.com, whitefieldschurch.com. And you can listen to past messages. And if you're not within our local area, you can uh, tune in live there to our services as well. And we would love it if you would do that. Well, with that, let's go to our first caller, Joanne in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Hi, Joanne. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor. Thank you for taking my call. God bless. Um, I have a question. I am a new follower, Christian, baby Christian, and I'm concerned for my kids. Um, I, I, I pray every day more than once, you know, about it, um, but let's just say they give their life to Christ and they um, go to church every Sunday. I mean, in detail, in de what I'm finding out is it's more to just doing that, but what if they don't do all the things that they're supposed to, but they're, they're believers? I mean, I mean, I don't know if I'm making mm -hmm. sense, but um, if they don't, like, you know, go to uh Let's say they don't go to church every Sunday, but they go every so often, and that's it. And or they go, you know, because there's Bible study, there's reading the Bible, there's praying, there's, you know, having conversations, having a relationship, and all that other stuff. Um, let's say they don't really go the whole 10 yards like I'm going. Um, is there still the salvation for them? Yeah, well, the good news about salvation in Jesus is that it's not based on what we do or what we don't do, right? Like doing the right things or not uh, doing bad things. So right, the good news faith, about right? salvation. Yeah. And, and here's the thing about salvation, even the nature of the word I mean to be saved is not something you can do for yourself. It's something that Jesus does for you. And okay. let's put it this way. It's as if you say, if Jesus says, okay, take my hand and walk with me. And so you take his hand, but let's say your grip on him is pretty loose right? And sometimes maybe right. your hand slips off of his hand. Well, the good news of the gospel is that if you belong to him, it's not just that you have to hold on to his hand, but that he is holding on to your hand. And the good news is his grip on you is sure. So even when we are faithless, he is faithful. And we're not saved by, you know, our church attendance. We're not saved by going to Bible study, but we do those things because we want to know him more. And so, here, here's what I would say. It sounds to me like the issue is you're wondering if if you see fruit, and tell me if I'm right or wrong in this, is it that you're wondering, is there really fruit that my kids, uh, you know, signs that my kids really have been born again, that they really love Jesus, or are they just kind of going through the motions? Well, actually, it's neither nor that. Um, first of all, I agree with you. I'm inquisitive, so I'm doing everything because it's just amazing. But um to get back to the other, I, I, I go to talk about it. It's like eggshells. It's like, you know, I don't want to hear it or, you know, and, and I don't know how to go about it because so, I'm really new. 
I've only been going to church for eight months now and Bible study and everything else. Um, and I'm still not understanding the Bible when I read it, but I read it anyway. I do ask questions. But anyway, I'm um, getting back to them. My concern is, okay, you answered it. You know, I guess if, if they do give their life to Christ, and I've always said faith, so I guess that's the main key. And I like what you said. So if they truly give their life to Christ and say it and believe it and mean it, then it's okay, but I I also believe that the Holy Spirit takes a little bit of control if, if it you know whatever. But I don't know how to say it. But um, okay. and my concern is that I keep praying because I I can't say nothing to them because for some reason it's like whatever I say is wrong no matter what you know. I mean we have a good relationship but we don't you know I don't know how to say mm-hmm. that. But um, and so I just pray I pray someone comes into their life or or just I just constantly pray even more than once a day. Through the day, I'll think of them and I'll pray, mm-hmm. and you know that's all I can do, I guess. Can I can I ask you how old your kids are? Yes, oh, great question. Um, my daughter's 40, 30, 35, and my son's thirty-two. Okay, so they're adults. Yeah, yeah. I see. Here, here's my advice. I would try and share with your kids why you why you are passionate about it and why you care about it. Right. And say, hey, you know, this is what I've experienced and it's so meaningful to me. And I want that for you, too. And so and then I would say, you know, it really needs to be something that they own. That's the thing about being a child of God. Right. We always say God doesn't have any grandchildren. And what that means is nobody else can do it for you. And right. y- you can't, you know, y- you kind of wish you could. Right. Lend some of yeah. your faith, lend some of your passion for the Lord to them so they could have some more. But it has to be something that they have a, their own relationship with God. So I would say help them to understand a little bit more about your story and why you have come to the place and how you've come to this place. And hopefully, you know, the Holy Spirit can use that to make something click for them. But then I would say try and get them into relationship with people who can mentor and disciple them because that's what's going to be really, that's what's going to help it to be personal and not just like something that mom is trying to impose on them. Exactly. And and it doesn't matter what, I don't know how to say, I don't even know what my story really is. Kind of sort of like, I I, I just one day walked in and I don't know, I could, you don't have enough time, (laughs) but uh, there's other callers, but, um, but they live in other States and um, I, I wouldn't know what to say because I just, you know, I don't have that feel yet for, They'd say, well, this is why, because I'm not sure, but I don't, it doesn't matter. I love what I'm doing and I love what I'm learning and, Mm. and I'm blessed to have found a great church. So, well, let's pray for your kids. How about that? That sounds great. Thank you. Okay. Heavenly Father, we lift up Joanne's children to you, her adult children. Lord, we ask that you would be with them and bless them, Lord. And we pray that anything that's holding them back from truly giving their lives to you, Lord, remove those barriers. Lord, I ask that you remove scales from their eyes to help them see fully who you are in your beauty, to see you as the one who is most beautiful and most desirable. And Lord, we pray that they would have passion to know you and walk with you, that it would be fueled by that understanding of the gospel and that understanding of grace, that the more they understand who you are and what you've done, that it would just cause them to desire you more. So we pray for that. Give Joanne wisdom with how to speak to her kids in a way that helps them 
to to truly walk with you in truth and to truly desire you. And we do pray for other people to come into their lives to help in that. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Castor. God bless you. My Thank pleasure. you again. God bless you. Bye-bye. Hey, listening to Calvary Live, this is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Whenever you hear a call end like that one just did, that's a good uh, message or sign for you that that means we have an open line. And so the number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. We'd love to hear from you to answer the questions you might have about the Bible about your life and how the Bible speaks to it or things going on in the world and what the Bible has to say about them. And we're also here to pray for your prayer requests. So give us a call 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to our next caller, Richard in Thornton, Colorado. Hi, Richard. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for taking my call. Absolutely. What's up? Well, uh, we're taught that uh, we're saved by grace uh, through faith in Jesus Christ. But I don't know where it says that in the Bible. And then in the Word of God, it also teaches us that uh, there are several uh, groups of people that are not going to get to see the kingdom of God, like murderers, idolaters, and fornicators, and uh adulterers and, and stuff like that, but they don't get to see the kingdom of God. Where's the grace for them? Yeah, that's a great question. And I've got a good answer for you here. The passage you're talking about, by the way, is in, uh, I'll give you two passages if you want to write them down and look them up later. Uh, so one passage that talks about being saved by grace through faith is found in Ephesians chapter two, particularly in verses eight and nine. Um, Now, the other passage you're talking about, when it talks about those who will not inherit the kingdom of God, here's what it says in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. It says, Don't you know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, for neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor the effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And then it says, such were some of you, but you were washed and sanctified and justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Okay, so what he's saying is that um, the people he's writing to, many of them, they were in these categories, right? The, all the categories that he listed. He listed quite a, quite a few things there. And yet the reason why they're no longer in that category is because they have repented and they've received the gift of God's grace. And so the, the message simply is this. Anyone in the world can be a recipient of God's grace if they believe. And so the, you know, to the person who is in any of those categories, the message would be receive the grace of God that is offered to you freely in Christ Jesus. And if you do and you believe, you will be saved. You will receive the gift of God's grace. And so, you know, let's put it this way. When you go to heaven, or let's say not heaven, I'm sorry. When you stand before God at the end, which the Bible says all of us will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. When you stand before the judgment seat of Christ, the question will be uh, not, you know, he, 
what, what about all these bad things you did? The question will be one really important question. What did you do with Jesus? What did you do with the Savior that God provided for you? Did you embrace him and trust in him? Did you repent and say, God, yes, I know that I'm a sinner and I need your grace. I need your mercy because I can't save myself. I need the Savior you've provided. Or will you be a person who, uh, you know, bluntly tells God in pridefulness and says, God, I don't need your Savior. I'm good enough as I am. That's kind of what it all comes down to. Well, yeah, but we sin all the time. I I, I try not to sin, and I end up sinning uh, mm-hmm. by judgmental uh, against the people that he talks about in Corinthians. You know, I, I'm judgmental against them because they're doing that, and, and I'm not, and they think they're saved, and I think I'm saved. Yeah. But, Great question. I, I'm still sinning all the time. I can't help it. Uh, I, I try not to. I, I don't want to. Yeah. So in, in that case, here's what I would take you over to. In the book of First John, there's a really important passage in First John. And here's what it says. In First John, he has two really important messages. One of his messages is this. He says in verse 8, he says, uh, If we say that we have no sin... We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so what he's saying is, he's writing to Christians, and he's saying, hey, even as a Christian, you still sin. Don't say that you don't sin. If you do that, you're deceiving yourself. But if you confess your sins, God is faithful, and he will forgive you, and he will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And then he goes on later in the letter, and he says, a person who practices sin, or as he says, goes on sinning, that person has neither known God or loved God, and the truth is not in them. And so what he's talking about is essentially this. If you could imagine two different animals. Okay, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians five seventeen, when you put your faith in Jesus, you are born again and you become a new creation. So let's imagine before, just to use the animal analogy, let's imagine before that you were a pig then you get born again as a new creation, a new kind of creature. Now you're a sheep. Well, pigs and sheep have two very different natures, right? So a pig wakes up every morning, and the one thing he wants to do is find some mud and roll around in that mud. Now a sheep, on the other hand, doesn't desire the mud. The sheep will, will, might fall in the mud on occasion, but his goal in life, his greatest joy, is not to go and find mud, but to go and follow the shepherd. And so let's put it this way. When John says, if you practice sin, you have not known God. Think about it like this. That word practice, it means ongoing intentional action, right? That, that's ongoing intentional. There's no desire to change it. In fact, just the opposite. You practice it like you practice your golf swing, like you practice the guitar with the intention of doing it more and doing it better than you did the day before. If that's how you practice sin, right, with just bold-faced, no intention of repenting, no remorse over it, in fact, you hope that maybe not only can you do that again, but you can do it twice, and you can do it better than you did before, well, that's a good sign that you have not actually been born again. You're not actually a new creation. 
But if when you fall into sin, you your heart is broken over it and you repent and you say, I've sinned against the Lord, the one who gave his life for me, the one who loves me, the one who's told me what's best for me and wants what's best for me. I've sinned against him. And you come back and you say, Lord, I, I've sinned. Please forgive me. And you have that lifestyle, that heart of repentance. That's the sign of someone who's truly become a new creation through faith in Jesus. Does that help make sense of it? Well, a little bit. Uh, like, I can't stop looking at pretty girls. I um, I don't have a girlfriend. I have a wife, but she's beat me up so bad that I left her. So she's in California. I'm in Colorado. But I still look at pretty women. So. Yeah, here's what I would tell you, you know. Martin Luther put it this way. You can't stop the birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from building a nest in your hair. There's a difference between looking at something and noticing it, and there's a difference between that and dwelling on something and fantasizing over it. And I would say with the latter, that is a choice that you make. You make a choice to do that. And it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 that no temptation has come upon us except that which is common. And if we turn to the Lord, he will give us the strength to stand up under even the most difficult forms of temptation. So I would encourage you to do that with a heart of love for God and a heart of love for others. And if, if you, you know, have no intention of doing that, then I would say this is, that would be a case where you would need to examine yourself to see if you're really in the faith. But I'm going to need to let you go, Richard, because I've got some other callers. But I do appreciate the discussion. I'd like to pray for you before I let you go. So, Heavenly, Heavenly Father, I pray for Richard. Lord, give him strength as he walks with you. Lord, give him strength as he sometimes falls, as he struggles with temptation. Lord, thank you for your wonderful promises that in you, Lord, you will give us the strength to stand up under any kind of temptation if we will turn to you and seek it from you. And so, Lord, I, I pray with Richard for his struggles, for his temptations. Lord, give him strength, but also, Lord, build within him a desire for you and for the better way that you want to lead him in, the way of life rather than the way of death. And so, Lord, please be with Richard, bless him, strengthen him. And Lord, I pray for the restoration of his marriage. I pray that as he gives his life to you and says, I want to, in every part of my life, serve the Lord and know the Lord. But I pray that as he does that, Lord, you would bring a heart of humility and a heart of repentance, a heart of forgiveness, and that this would lead to restoration in his marriage even. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks so much, Richard, for calling in with your questions. And God bless you. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. Let's go to our next caller real quick. We're coming up on our break, but I think let's start this conversation with our next caller, Sydney in Alabama. Hi, Sydney. Welcome to the program. Yes, sir. Well, uh, thank you, uh, Pastor. Um, I just need prior, like I told, uh, said um, that Jesus will lead all of us, include my family and friends, to him. Okay, but let's pray I, for it right now. Yeah. We got we got a short time until our break, so I'd like to do it before we go to break. 
Let's pray. Yeah, Heavenly Father, we, Thank you. <laughs> we, we pray for Sydney's family. We pray for his family members, Lord. Lord, that you would save them. We pray for your intervention in their lives. And Lord, we pray that you would send people, give the right words, and even just by your Holy Spirit, bring about conviction of sin, righteousness, and judgment that leads them to that godly form of sorrow that causes repentance. And Lord, we pray that they would see you, they see your love, and they would see your grace and understand it. Lord, whatever's in the way, we pray that you would remove it. And we pray, Lord, that you would do that work. Draw them to yourself, Lord, we pray, that they would know you and be saved. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, thank you. Sydney, God bless you. All right, bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live, and we have come right up on our mid-show break. And so I want to give you the numbers to call. We've got two open lines, and I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to answer your questions about the Bible and pray for your prayer requests. The number to call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720 720- 336-0897. And if you call during the break, we can get you on really fast right after the break. We're here today again answering your questions about the Bible, praying for your prayer requests here on Calvary Live. And we'll be right back in two minutes' time. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. I'm your host here every Friday The number to call is 303-690-3000. Call us with your questions about the Bible. Call us with your prayer requests. Maybe there's something going on in your life that you need prayer for, or you need biblical wisdom and counsel to navigate. We'd love to pray for some of those prayer requests and answer those Bible questions you have. We have two open lines, so it's a great time to call in. We can get you on very quickly. And you can also text us at 720-336-3000. 0897. Let's go to our next caller, Charles in Georgia. Hey, Charles, welcome to the program. Yes, sir. Good afternoon, Pastor. What can we do for you? Yes, uh, sir. I'm, um, I'm a little bit confused because my pastor was telling us Jesus is a son of God. And I would like to know, is Jesus God himself or son of God? Yeah, so the answer is both, but I will tell you this that Jesus being the Son of God does not mean that Jesus is not God. And when the Bible calls Jesus the Son of God, that doesn't mean that he is derived from God. Kind of like if you had a human child, right? That child couldn't exist unless the father gave birth to it or, you know, gave his seed to it. So this is an important distinction. The word son there refers to the relationship between Jesus and the Father, right? So we believe in this thing called the Trinity, and the Trinity means that there is one God who eternally exists in three distinct but co-equal persons. So the Father is God, the Son is God, and the Holy Spirit is God, but the Father is not the Son, the Son is not the Father, 
and the Son is not the Spirit, and the Spirit's not the Father, and the Spirit's not the Son. So they're distinct persons, and yet there is one God, again, that is that has uh, three persons, eternally exists in three equal persons. And so this is a mystery. It's a very hard thing to understand, but the reason why we've come to this conclusion that this is how it is is because of reading the Bible. And it says in the Bible, for example, that Jesus created the world, but it also says that the Father created the world. And so the only way that's possible is if Jesus is God, but then on the other hand, we say that Jesus is the son. That doesn't mean that he's the son in the way that, for example, I have a child who is a boy and he's my son, but rather the relationship between Jesus and the father in the Trinity is similar to the relationship between a father and a son, which means that in the ancient world, father and son were actually legally the same. So for example, if if I needed my son to go and do some legal things for me, he could go and he could act in my name on my behalf. Legally, he was equal. Uh, he was my equal. He would be the same before the law as me. And yet we're, we're told that, for example, the father sends the son and the son does what the father tells him to do. So what that tells us is that within the Trinity, even though the three persons are equal, they have different roles. And these different roles, by the way, it, there's a term for this. We call this the economic trinity. So the, that means that the Father has unique roles to play in what God is doing, in the mission of God in the world. The Son has a unique role or unique roles to play in what God is doing in the world. And the Spirit has unique roles to play. So when we talk about Jesus as the Son of God, that's referring to this aspect, the economic trinity. Now, when we talk about, is Jesus God, that gets into what we call the ontological trinity, which means, what is the nature of Jesus? What is the nature of the Father? What is the nature of the Spirit? Does that help make sense of it? Yes, sir. So, um, if I be clear with this, what about uh, Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy eighteen eighteen? Who is uh, who is the who is God referring to in Deuteronomy eighteen eighteen? Ah, is this the passage where it's talking about the the prophet who is coming? Yes, sir. Yeah, so that would be Jesus, and so this is what's really important to understand: Jesus is the prophet who was promised by Moses. And so just for our listeners' sake, I'll explain. In Deuteronomy 18, actually starting in verse 15, all the way down to verse uh, 20, it says that Moses promises them that God is going to send a new prophet, and that prophet will be like him, but will be different from him. And that is really important, because um, what we know about the word Messiah— Right, that we've heard this term Messiah. Jesus is the Messiah. What does that mean? It means that he's a savior, but the word Messiah doesn't mean savior literally. What it means is anointed one. Now, there were three groups of people in the Old Testament who were anointed with oil as a sign of the Holy Spirit upon them. These people were prophets, priests, and kings. And so, when we here, here's what's so interesting there was never a prophet. Who, there was never someone who filled all three of these roles. At times, there were people who filled 
two of these roles, right? So you had sometimes a king act as uh, a prophet, or you had, for example, a um, a king acting as a priest or a prophet acting as a priest. That would be a better example. Samuel acted as prophet and priest, for example. But you never had someone who filled all three roles. And so the promise was that when the Savior came, he would be the ultimate prophet, the ultimate priest, and the ultimate king. And so we see that Jesus did that. As a prophet, he spoke to us the word of God. As a priest, he mediated between us and God the sacrifice to end all sacrifices, which was his own life. And as a king, he rules and reigns and is coming to establish his kingdom on the earth. Okay, so to get this clearly, so, um, so Jesus is God in three, and at the same time, he was sent by God as prophet. Yes, he was sent by the Father. Let's, I mean, this is a good way to put it, that Jesus is God. Jesus, as the Son, was sent by the Father, and as the Son, he obeyed the Father perfectly in all things, and he was sent at, to be the prophet, but again, Jesus never stopped being God. When he was on earth, he, he didn't cease to be God. Okay. Yeah, this subject is, uh, I just need time for you to explain this much further to me. I know people are on the line waiting, but I don't want to hold up. Uh, it's still, I'm still having issues with this. Um, this going on, my pastor is telling me something different. I was here on the TV, the, another pastor will say something different, so I'm getting confused. So mm. if... I don't know if Jesus is God, if Jesus is Son of God, he's a prophet. I'm kind of confused right now, honestly. So I'm still looking at I'm still looking into it. I'm still yeah, I, I would tell you, get some good books that help uh, lay it out for you. So look for some good books on understanding the Trinity. Uh, there's some good ones out there, but again, it it is one of these things that can be a little hard to understand. And I would say there's a good article at crew.org called Understanding the Trinity, How Can God Be Three Persons in One? That's a good place to begin. So cru.org and search Trinity. So crew.org and then use the search function to search the word Trinity and read the article Understanding the Trinity. I think that will okay. help you. All right, sir. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, God bless you. Thanks for calling in. Okay. All right, bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church, taking your calls and texts live on the air. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to our next caller, John in Pennsylvania. Hi, John. Welcome to the program. Hi. What can we do for you, John? Um, I just called for a uh, prayer request for my son. Okay. Um, do you want to give us? Do you want to give us any details on that, or would you like us to just pray for him? Um, he was well. He's he's away from the Lord, and he was in a pretty bad car wreck. Um, nearly got killed. I believe God, you know, protected him and um, saved him for a purpose. Um, he did tear his aorta in his heart, and uh, so that's one of my concerns. It, basically, I'm I'm one. I'm asking for prayer for, you know, complete healing. He's doing better. He's up and around, but he's suffering a lot with uh, mental issues and depression and things like that. Wow. Okay. And um, he's been going through that for a few years now. Wow. Okay. That's, uh, That's very heavy. Yeah. Let's pray for that, John.
Heavenly Father, we pray for John's son and and Lord, just hear the heaviness in John's voice because this is a pretty serious situation. Lord, we pray that this car accident would be something that you use for good in his son's life, Lord, something that really gets his attention. And we pray that it would be something that you use as kind of a milestone in his life, Lord, something that you can use to take hold of his life and his heart. Lord, not only do we pray for his complete and total healing, Lord, we, we pray that you would help his son to understand that you've kept him alive for a purpose, that you're not done with him yet, and that you do have something for him, Lord, that he would turn to you and say, yeah, God, I can see that you kept me here, and there must be a reason, and I pray that he would turn to you and give his life to you. And Lord, that as he does so, he would find that which he is seeking in the midst of drugs and in the midst of depression, Lord, we pray that he would find joy and light and life in you, and Lord, we pray for John, just give him so much wisdom with how to love his son well during this time. But we do pray for his healing. We pray for the doctors to have wisdom, to be able to correctly assess his situation and treat him effectively. And we, we pray, Lord, for his uh, yeah full healing, Lord, that he would get back every function that has been threatened through this terrible accident. And we pray, Lord, for his soul as well, Lord, that you would save him and, Lord, that he would know you and walk with you. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. John, yeah, thanks for calling in. That's that's a, a big thing, and we'll be praying for you. Yeah, I definitely am trying to get as many people praying for him as possible. So, And, and uh, I listen to your program a lot, so I'm on my way home from work usually. So thanks a lot. You bet. God bless you. Bye-bye. God bless you. Thank you. Take care. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Katie. We're here today answering your prayer requests. We're praying for your prayer requests. We're answering your questions about the Bible and theology and how the Bible relates to life. So give us a call at 303-690-3000. We've got two open lines, so it's a good time to call in. 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-3000. 0897. Let's go to Chastity in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Chastity. Welcome to the program. Chastity. Did we lose Chastity? Oh, there she is. Hey, Chastity. Hi, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Hi, good I'm, to have you. I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Thank you. I was just calling in. I have uh, two things. I have a prayer request and then a question. Um, prayer request, I was asking if you can uh, pray for Kingdom Music Ministries. Um, okay. it's, a, it's a group of gentlemen who go around the United States, and they um, perform out in the urban areas, um, ministry gospel. Uh, they rap, they're rap artists, I guess, so they reach out to, they just reach out to the communities and stuff. Um, so I wanted to do some sort of prayer for them, Brian Trejo and a few other, a few of the other guys there. Um, okay. That's going to be for the prayer request. And then the other thing was, is my husband was with our church out at a men's summit, and he he said the Holy Spirit had told him to reach out to him, to Brian, and so he texted him and asked him if he needed anything. And when he responded back, he just said fresh oil. And we just weren't really too sure of what he meant by that. So we were we were wondering if in the Bible somewhere it talks about that, if David had said something about that or 
Yeah, I would say I I can't think of anything in the Bible that talks about fresh oil, but certainly oil is a picture in the Old Testament and the New of um, the Holy Spirit. And so perhaps Brian's just referring to kind of a fresh outpouring of the Spirit, a fresh experience of the Spirit, a fresh empowering of the Spirit in his life. That would be my guess. Okay. Okay, thank you for that. And then, yeah, if we could just pray for them, you know, an anointing on them since they're reaching out to so many people, thousands of people every day. Yeah, let's pray for them. So it's Kingdom Music Ministries, right? Okay, let's pray for him. Heavenly Father, we pray for Kingdom Music Ministries and Brian Trejo. Lord, thank you for the open door that you have provided for them. And we do pray, for Lord, for an outpouring of your Spirit to be upon them and upon their ministry. But we pray that it would be effective, and we pray that you would give them words to speak which are true, which, Lord, communicate the truth of the gospel, but also the heart of love that you have for people. And we pray, Lord, that it would be an effective ministry for bringing people to faith and hope in you. And so, Lord, we pray blessing upon their ministry. We pray, Lord, that you would use them greatly as they reach out to people. And, Lord, keep those doors open, and we pray that people would be drawn to you through their outreaches. So, Lord, we we pray blessing upon them and for effective ministry in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so very much. Absolutely. Thanks for calling in. All right. Have a great day. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, listening to Calvary Live, this is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today answering your calls and texts live on the air. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, the text line 720-336-0897. Nine, seven. Let's go over to our text line real quick. We've got a few messages that have come in over there. So someone writes, quoting Matthew twelve fifty, which says, Whosoever shall do the will of my Father which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. And then he says, How do I explain to Catholics who think they are doing God's will that they might not be a Christian based on this verse? I know other verses like John six twenty nine or in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, but they are trying to interpret the Bible on the hard-to-understand verses instead of the clear verses. I'm just thinking obeying God's will is based on having the right wedding garment. Catholics are using their proof texts or heresy at a glance verses. So personally, here's my take. I don't like to single out, uh, you know, yeah, so I, I guess I don't want to make it a polemic against Catholics. Here's what I would say. I like to just take it to the Bible. What do you believe about how you are saved, right? And so here's the deal. If somebody says, I'm saved by the grace of God through faith in Jesus Christ, then I want to know, okay, what does that mean? What does it mean for you to trust in Jesus Christ? What are you trusting in? Are you trusting in what Jesus did for you? Or are you trusting in your own works, your own contribution, if you will, in order to save you? And I think maybe one of the best verses to go to is um, in John chapter 7, or sorry, John, is it chapter 7 or chapter 6? Let me go real quick and check. Let's see, John 6. Yeah, sorry, it's John 6, where Jesus tells some people, you know, um, to do the will of the Father. And they say, oh, what is the will of the Father? And Jesus says, this is the will of the Father, that you believe in him who sent me and that you believe in me. And so that is the will of the Father. What does it mean to do God's will? 
ultimately it all comes down to this trusting in and believing in Jesus. That's the foundation of it. And so I, I think that's a very clear distinction. You know, throughout the Bible, we're told, for example, in uh, in Galatians chapters three and four, in Romans chapters chapter four, particularly, we're told that right salvation comes even for Abraham, even for the children of Israel who received uh, God's grace before they received the law. It's always been about faith. Right? It's always been about trusting in God's ability to save, not in your own ability to save yourself. And yeah, you know, you mentioned the wedding garment. Um, that is a reference to Matthew chapter 22. And it's actually a really great uh, discussion that's worth having. Um, and so I'll just unpack that a little bit for our listeners as we're waiting for other calls to come in. In Matthew chapter 22, Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven can be compared to a wedding feast that a king threw, and he invited many people to come. But those who were invited to come didn't show up for the wedding feast. And so the king sent his servants out into the streets and said, Invite anyone who will come. Come to the wedding feast. Now, there was a tradition in that day that if you came to a wedding feast, you would be, be provided with special wedding garments. And that was it accomplished several purposes. One of the purposes it accomplished is that no one was made to feel greater than or less than anyone else, right? Everyone was equal because everyone was wearing the same garment, and that garment was provided for them. So it wasn't if a matter of if you had enough money to buy nice clothes. You were provided, and everybody wore the same thing. But it says that there was one man at the wedding feast who was not wearing the wedding garment. And this so offended the, the host of the wedding, the king, that he went over to the man and he said, what are you doing? Why aren't you wearing the wedding garment? And it says that that man was cast out into utter darkness. And so you might wonder, wow, a guy got cast out in utter darkness. In other words, he went to hell because he wasn't wearing the right clothes. Well, what is that all about? Well, then you go back to the Old Testament, you realize that this idea of wearing certain clothing or certain garments is actually really symbolic and really important. Um, because, for example, in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah says, you know, your, your good deeds, your best deeds, your own righteousness, it's as if you're wearing filthy rags. And so what that tells us is that, look, when we stand before God, there will be some people who will be clothed some people will stand before God and they will be totally unprepared. We could say these people will be as if they are unclothed, they are naked, standing before God, completely unprepared. There are other people who will stand before God in the filthy rags of their own righteousness. They'll be like the man at the wedding feast in Matthew 22 who was handed a wedding garment and he said, no, you know what? My clothes are good enough. My clothes are better. I don't need your clothes, the clothing that you provide. I have enough on my own. Those would be the people who, you know, think that they will go to heaven because of their own goodness, their own good deeds, and they will be those who stand before God clothed in the filthy rags of their own righteousness, which is no righteousness at all. And those are those who will be cast out into utter darkness, and then there will be those who will be clothed in the radiant white robes of God's righteousness. And this is something that, that again, is found in the Old Testament book of Isaiah, where it says that on that day, right, God will clothe you with the garments of righteousness, right, and radiant garments of righteousness that only he can create. And so that's what it means to receive the grace of God, to receive the righteousness of God, is to receive that 
garment, that covering that God has provided for you, not the one you've created for yourself. And so I would, I would use some of those um, explanations, which again are biblical. They're just explaining the scriptures to your friends who believe that they will in some way be saved by their own actions. And so, yeah, I hope that helps. God bless you. Thanks for calling in. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Before we go to our next caller, I would just like to take the opportunity to invite you to join us this Sunday. If you are anywhere in or around Longmont, Colorado, we'd love to have you come up and worship with us at one of our three Sunday morning services, 8, 9.30, and 11 a.m. You can find directions and more information on our website, whitefieldschurch.com. This Sunday, we're going to have a great study in John chapter 9, looking at the healing of the blind man at the pool of Siloam and how that is a sign of who Jesus is and what he came to do. So we'd love to have you. Again, whitefieldschurch.com, or just look us up online for directions and all that good stuff. Let's go to our next caller, Arlene in Greeley, Colorado. Hi, Arlene. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Hi, Nick. Um, just a question, just kind of um, following up with what you had earlier, you were explaining the Trinity to one of your callers, and um, I've often had the thought of, I understand the Trinity best that I can, but how do we know which one to pray to when we pray, God the Father, Jesus, or the Holy Spirit? Yeah, great question. I'll tell you this. Uh, if you look through the Bible, here's what you'll notice, that on every occasion, except for one, and that one is a maybe, people always pray to the Father, through the Son, by the Spirit. So that's the biblical formula, if you will, or the, the model that we have in the Bible. We don't have people praying, for example, there's no example in the Bible of anyone praying to the Holy Spirit. But there okay, are but examples. how about yeah, go ahead. praying to Jesus? Can we pray to Jesus? So here's what I would say. I'd say there's okay. absolutely nothing wrong with praying to Jesus, but we only have one example of it in the Bible, and that one is even a little bit questionable. And that is found in Acts chapter 7, where Stephen, the first martyr, he's, is being killed, and he says to Jesus, you know, receive my spirit, but at that point, it says that he saw heavens opened and he, his spirit was essentially going to Jesus. So the question is, is that a prayer or is he like talking to Jesus who's standing right before him? Some people would say, hey, you're talking to Jesus. That's a prayer. And I, I guess I tend to agree. So I would say I would never discourage anybody from praying, first of all. <laughs> if, you, if you're going to pray and you're going to talk to the Holy Spirit, it's kind of like, hey, you know what? I think God hears your prayer and he, it's going to get where you wanted it to go. <laughs> and mm. on the other hand, uh, you know, there's, like I said, the model we're given throughout the Bible is that we pray to the Father, through the Son, by the Spirit. But I don't think that that means that we can't also speak to Jesus, as we see, again, the one example. Okay, that's great. That's what I needed to hear, and I really appreciate that. I love you guys. God bless you, and thank you. Awesome. God bless you, Arlene. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. We're coming up on the end of our show, and it's been a good one today. We've had lots of questions about the Trinity. We had a few uh, follow-up texts about some things. We had someone from uh, Arkansas write in saying, thank you for the help today. Another person writing in uh, saying, thank you for the explanation on the Trinity. And um, yeah, just really good 
show today. If you haven't yet, I'll just take the last few moments to tell you that I wrote a book a couple months. It came out a couple months ago. I think uh, two months ago now the book came out and um, it's been doing great. And if you haven't yet heard about it or checked it out, I would be honored if you would do that. You can find more information about it on my website or anywhere where books are sold online. You can go there and just type in my name, Nick Cady. It's N-I-C-K-C-A-D-Y. And the book is called The God I Won't Believe in, Facing Nine Common Barriers to Embracing Christianity. And in it, I deal with, you know, a lot of the kind of questions that we get on this show, which is, you know, what about this? Like, what proofs are there that the Bible is reliable? Or, you know, why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? Or does Christianity encourage the suppression of women and minorities? Or did God actually condone genocide in the Old Testament? And if so, is he really a good God? We get into stuff like, is God, can I really believe in God if he doesn't answer my prayers? Or what about, um, you know, other issues that go on in society? How can a good loving God say that some people's love is wrong? So I answer those questions with thoughtful and biblical answers in this book. There are nine different topics, and I'd love it if you check it out. You can find it on my website if you go to nickkady.org, N-I-C-K-C-A-D-Y.org. Click the tab for book. You can find it there. Or again, you can go to wherever you buy books online, type in my name, and you can find it in that way. Um, I just had a church this morning uh, pick up 25 copies. They're doing it for a group Bible study and a group like uh, reading time. So we've had a lot of people using it in that way, kind of a, if you're looking for a curriculum for youth or a curriculum for a small group Bible study or your summer reading. I'd love it if you'd check that out and uh, give me your feedback. Hopefully the answers in there are helpful for you. Um, we are coming up right now on the end of our show. Thanks for your participation today. Again, my name is Nick Cady, pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Check us out online, whitefieldschurch.com. I'll be with you again next week for Calvary Live. And again, tune in every weekday, 4 to 5 p.m. for Calvary Live. God bless you. Have a great weekend. I hope you have a place to worship the Lord this Sunday, and I hope you have a safe drive. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.